0: true life and music history, the Ants Human Stars podcast with your hosts, Caleb and Digo. Are you ready? Steady. Go.
1: Shalom. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Ants Human Stars. I'm Caleb, um, your favorite artist in the whole world, uh, music artist specifically. But I can be your favorite artist too. But anyways, now it's time for this uh, other artist, Digo. Take it away. Thank you, Caleb.
0: Now, didn't I say I'd be getting back to true crime? You did. You were just taking a little break. but Get ready. Oh Lord! I'm bringing in the pain. Hide your kids. This is definitely an SFW. Oh no! <sighs>
1: Cracking my fingers. I'm gonna be emotional after this. Just in case you missed it,
0: here are ten short but disturbing true crime stories, all of which took place in 2022.
1: Let's catch up. Are these all? Do, do all of these have to do with police brutality? No. I, I, I No, no, that was just a joke because there's so many I know. Like you can just, I know.
0: I, lot of these are well, I took all of these from um, oh shit, what's it called? allthatsinteresting.com. It was a list. It was actually okay. more than 10, but I kind of Um and 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 they're mostly like gross weird not necessarily depressing, although well, some of them all murder. <laughs> um But no mass shootings or Mm. gun. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. we know that happens on a daily. Mm -hmm. Um, Welcome to America. Welcome. So buckle up, y'all. Number one, the auction. In August 2022, Lauren Benning was minding her own business while shopping at a Winn-Dixie in Port Orange, Florida. Have you ever been to a Winn-Dixie? Do you know what a Winn-Dixie is? I've heard of. But what is it? It's like a Kmart.
1: Um. I don't, isn't it like a grocery store kind of oh. maybe? Uh, well, anyways, uh, I could be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Write into us and let us know what a Win Dixie is. We could Google this. So I know fast. we could Google, but
0: uh, so yeah, she was with her eight-year-old daughter when a man approached her, complimenting on her little girl and lamenting that she was that he was never able to have children of his own. That could have been the end of that story. A nice interaction with a lonely old stranger. Except for the fact that the man, Helmuth Kolb, that name alone, that's a telling name. Helmuth. You know he had a troubled childhood. Helmuth. Helmuth. Winn-Dixie is a supermarket chain. Gotcha. Uh, so Helmuth followed Lauren out to the parking lot and offered to buy her daughter for $100,000. She was eight years old, remember. What the heck? When police arrived to question Helmuth, all he had to say for himself was, we all lack kids. Unfortunately for Helmuth, his probation officer told police that he had previously been arrested in 2018 for the exact same thing. attempting to buy a child, an incident that landed him on the sex offender, sex offender registry. At the time, Helmuth noticed a young girl and her mother sitting on a bench outside a local Walmart, that we know, uh, approached them, started bidding on the child. Naturally, the girl's mother declined, then Helmuth grabbed the girl's arm, kissed her wrist, and offered the final bid of $200,000. Oh my gosh. After the incident, uh, Helmuth was sentenced to five years of probation for battery and false imprisonment, which he then clearly violated again when he approached Lauren's daughter at the Wind dixie Number two: The broken heart. In May 2022, police received a 911 call reporting an unresponsive man lying on his yard in Trenton, South Carolina. When they arrived, they were surprised not to find one bo- I'm no, I'm kidding. I'm looking at just going to listen. Well they were surprised not to find one body, but two. Uh, Joseph McKinnon was lying on his front yard. He was dead of a heart attack he suffered while trying to fill a large pit. Oddly, investigators were unable to locate Joseph's girlfriend, Patricia Dent. It was only after finding blood in the couple's home and hearing reports from Patricia's co-workers that she had uncharacteristically failed to show up for work that police began to question what Joseph had actually been burying in his yard.
1: Yeah, yeah I need came. to I need
0: Yeah, it's okay. I need my fries, y'all. Joseph had actually been... Okay, police began to question what Joseph had actually been burying in his yard. Evidently, the answer was Patricia Dent. Mm. Witnesses' statements and evidence gathered from the scene painted a clearer picture of what police believed happened. Joseph attacked Patricia in their home, bound her, wrapped her in trash bags, and dumped her in the pit, which he was in the middle of filling when his heart gave out. He was feverishly covering the pit, and we just kind of put things together," said Sheriff Jody Rowland. He attacked her, killed her, put her in the pit, and he died covering her up. Basically, case over. Wow. Skewered. Number mm. three. The story of Nathan Gilmore and Angela Nicole Bradbury began with their wedding on April twenty twenty one. It was short lived. And it ended in Angela's gruesome death. Angela's family reported her missing after not hearing from her for several months. Her 30th birthday was approaching, but police had uh, tragic, shocking news for her loved ones. In July 2021, a mere three months after getting married, a teenager walking through Greenbelt River Trail Park found a severed human head impaled on a stick and put on display. And it was Angela
1: Bradbury. Oh my goodness.
0: Investigators then began to retrace Angela's steps, and it didn't take long for them to follow the trail to Nathan, who had recently messaged some this threat via text. <clears throat> Where are we here? Uh. Oh, I don't know, but I'm just going to do a southern accent. Y'all be looking like that body they found outside. Bold of you to assume I'd be running when you knew I'm behind you. I don't give a fuck what your pockets be like. You messing with the wrong character if you think money gonna get me. Die with a wad in your mouth. I don't care. The bubbling noise blood makes when air passes through the hole in the neck before it reaches the mouth makes me hard. Well, I got my fries, y'all. That's not part of the the text. (laughs) It It gets me off. Want to see a dead body? Find me, then. You got... Good day, my boy. Behave yourself. I'd hate to see your kid be a bastard like Ravens will be. This guy is loop-de-loop. There's more of these texts, and they're all just like this. Just menacing, but like nonsensical and whatever. So obviously, now nearly a year after Nathan sent that message, police turned up at his home with a warrant and found in his room a whiteboard with a drawing of a satanic goat's head in the shape of a pentagram and several numbers written around it, which investigators believe were references to Angela's death and the GPS coordinates of her body.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Facebook data ultimately proved that Nathan was at the Greenbelt River Trail Park the day Angela died. Trial is set for April 17th, 2023. My mom's birthday, y'all.
1: I don't think that's how your mom wanted to be included in this podcast. (laughs) Ooh, my fries. Hold on. Let
0: me eat one. Cold Hard Cash, number four. I I made these titles, by the way.
1: (laughs) Nice. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome.
0: It had been years since Kevin Olson's family had heard from him. From him. Even stranger, when the retired U.S. Navy sailor's loved ones tried reaching him, his roommate, Darren Pertle, always made excuses for Kevin's absence. It's not sounding good. Finally, in August 2022, the Chico Police Department began a missing persons investigation and showed up at the home shared by Darren and Kevin. Darren once again made excuses for his roommate's absence and told the police that he was out of town. In truth, Kevin was only a few feet away. His body was still lying on the floor of the back bedroom, and looked like it had been there since 2018. Yet despite Kevin's death, records showed that his retirement funds had regularly been moved from his Navy Federal Credit Union account to Darren's bank account since the summer of 2019. And somehow, the dead man was paying his mortgage. Something was obviously wrong with the situation, and investigators quickly charged Darren with identity theft, forgery... In all, around 50 of Kevin's checks were transferred to Darren's bank account. They did not, however, suspect any foul play in Kevin's death, although the question remains as to why Darren would choose to share a living space with a dead body that had been decomposing for four years.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh.
0: That's the first time I've heard about this. The same same scenario. Smell
1: terrible.
0: It, it's been so long that it, like went through that stage and then they got past that stage and i think that's what makes it easier for these people mm. you know a a, a body smells mm-hmm. only for a while and then it and it finishes its decom oh my god if it's in the right situation and i think all he did was close the room and then it just <coughs> decombed for four years and there was probably just anyway
1: weirdos
0: weirdos But yeah, it's not the first time I've heard the exact same scenario. Somebody dies, and they just keep cashing their checks.
1: Mm.
0: Ventriloquism, number five. Stephen Marlowe believed he was a targeted individual, referring to an online community of people who suffer from paranoid delusions and believe they are victims of mind control and gang stalking. I will gladly die to expose this, Stephen said in a Facebook live stream just moments before he allegedly left his house to break into the home of his neighbors, Clyde and Eva Knox, and shoot them. Police arrived after hearing reports of gunfire to find the elderly couple dead. Investigators then found the bodies of Sarah and Kayla Anderson at a second scene. Kayla was just 15 years old. A nationwide manhunt for Stephen Marlowe led to his capture in Lawrence, Kansas, on August 6, after after his vehicle was seen on a security camera. He was over 600 miles from home. He referred to his neighbors as attackers who were manipulating his thoughts and actions through telepathic ventriloquism, though though he did not elaborate on how or why this was supposedly happening to him. No comment. Right? This is just weird. Was he uh. like
1: schizophrenic or something? I, yeah. It's mm.
0: What is it? Your mental health is not your fault but it is your responsibility. Mm. That's that's what it is. There you go. <clears throat> Number 6. Jesus leg. When investigators arrived at the home of Shannon Cox, uh he's a dude. I, I put that <laughs> note. It's like, well yeah. He's a dude. Uh on August 2nd, they found a the 48-year-old lying naked in his front yard, bleeding from a freshly amputated leg. If that weren't strange enough, the soon determined, they soon determined that the Boone County, Arkansas native had intentionally amputated the leg himself in front of his five-year-old daughter.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: His wife, Sandy, was at a friend's house at the time, having fled her own home because Shannon had been threatening her throughout the day, saying he would just twist her head off if she didn't get right with the Lord. She told investigators the next day that his warnings had never turned physical and that she left her daughter at home with Shannon because he hadn't threatened the child. While he didn't physically harm their daughter, however, the young girl was forced to watch as her father stripped nude... To me, is the most egregious part of it. It's not even cutting the leg. I don't see. I don't see my dad naked. Um, strip nude, called himself Jesus, and used a chop saw—the type with the circular blade attached to the table—you could
1: just lower down. So this was like an to electric. sever his leg. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, at least it was fast, but but. Yeah. Okay, keep going. No, I'm I'm with you because the mm-hmm, that would have mm-hmm. no.
0: The house was covered in blood. A trail of gore led from the chop saw to the front yard where investigators found Shannon. Sandy and Shannon were both arrested and released on $10,000 bail, and their daughter was moved, removed from their care. Avi.
1: Oh my gosh, I feel bad for that little girl. Dude, you're never, gonna that. That, exactly. you're never going to recover from that. you never going to
0: I'm, jeez, naked.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know why that's the most egregious. Exactly. <laughs> I think she could have gotten over seeing her dad naked, but seeing him cut his leg off yeah. while calling himself Jesus is really going to yeah. be the trauma. Yeah.
0: The Staircase, number, number seven. seven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In July 2019, four-year-old Paisley Schultes disappeared from her family's home near Ithaca, New York. At the time, investigators suspected that it had been her Non-custodial biological parents, Kimberler Cooper and Kirk Schultes Jr., who were responsible, but they didn't have enough evidence to secure a warrant. Cooper and Schultes lost custody of Paisley in 2019, but it took until the past February of 2022 before police were able to search the couple's home. They spent an hour combing the home and it seemed as if their search was in vain until one detective noticed something odd about the basement staircase. Upon closer inspection, they found a small hiding space. When they ripped the stairs open, they found Paisley and Cooper in a secret compartment beneath them. For years, police had been looking for Paisley, and they had even visited the Schultz home, be- Schultz's home before. Each time, he claimed to have no idea where his daughter was and accused investigators of harassing him. Kirk Schultz, Sr. lived in the home as well, and he definitely knew the couple was hiding Paisley hiding Paisley. Still, he said nothing. And both the Schultz men and Cooper were charged with custodial interference and endangering the welfare of a child. Thankfully, Paisley was physically well and was returned to her legal guardians.
1: Mm. Well, at least I was kind of happy. Number eight. I need to see the Pope, please. (laughs) In October, an
0: American tourist visiting the Museo Charmonti in Rome demanded that demanded that he be allowed to see the Pope. When his request was denied, um, he threw a tantrum and ripped two ancient Roman busts from the wall. <laughs> the busts were affixed to the shelves with a nail, but the 65 year old man managed to pull them with enough force that they came loose. Security guards immediately put a stop to it, and the Vatican said. Thankfully, the damage to the busts was not significant. When the tourist was handed over to Italian authorities, they also discovered that he had evidently had a knack for trouble. He was once cited for public indecency in the United States. The incident caused quite a stir amongst the museum staff, who were equally frustrated that since COVID restrictions have loosened, damage has been dealt to a number of ancient artifacts and landmarks, including the Roman Colosseum and the Spanish Steps. The Museo Ciaramonti prides itself for displaying one of the finest collections of Roman portraits worldwide. But the increasing number of vandalism incidents this year has also led to the discussion about implementing stricter guidelines to prevent further harm from irresponsible uh, students, tourists, (laughs) irresponsible kids. I do. I did think, though, in my mind, I said students because I just think of, like, you know, the waves of... Yeah. visiting kids students from the u.s all of the american mm-hmm. tourists mm-hmm. going to the vatican yeah. because their county has money to fly kids to italy exactly. um number nine anger management <laughs> on june 1st nine this is really this is related uh similar on june 1st at nine forty p.m 21-year-old Brian Hernandez smashed through the glass at the entrance of the Dallas Museum of Art. He did so with a metal chair and then proceeded to go on a hell-bent rampage, destroying millions of dollars worth of rare and ancient artifacts. The The museum security found Hernandez in the middle of his outburst and confronted him. The reason he was smashing up bits of ancient history, they said, was because he got mad at his girl. Had a rose. <laughs> Hernandez was alone and unarmed, and it didn't seem as if he had any intention of stealing artifacts from the museum. In fact, the museum's director Agustin Artiaga noted that Hernandez seemed as if his aim was only to smash anything made of glass.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: He went through other spaces and did not hurt any other works, didn't touch anything, didn't have an intention of stealing anything, Artiaga said. It was just his anger that drove that person to do what he did. Initial estimates put the damage at around whop, 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 five million. Hernandez destroyed several ancient Greek artifacts from around five hundred BCE and left a destruction a trail of destruction in his wake. Mm. I'm gonna eat one more fry and then
1: wait. Numero Diaz. <laughs> I had to to count in Spanish 1 through 10 to make sure I got the right one. (laughs) Number 10. All that for rocks.
0: (laughs) While on an archaeology tour in Iridu, Iridu, Iraq, a 66-year-old retired British geologist, Jim Fitton, thought to pocket a few rocks and shards of pottery he had found lying in the sand as souvenirs. Unfortunately... Jim found that Iraqi law is very strict about smuggling historic artifacts. Anyone found guilty of the crime could be punished by death. Mm. But according to his family, he and other members of the tour were told they could just pick up anything they found scattered on the ground. Despite this, Jim and a German member of his group were arrested at the airport when officials discovered the rocks and shards in their luggage in March. Jim's family feared the worst, and pleas with the British Foreign Office seemed to fall on deaf ears. They eventually managed to get 120,000 signatures on a petition to free Jim, hoping that the retiree would not be sentenced to death. An Iraqi court initially sentenced Jim to 15 years in prison, but then later overturned that decision and allowed the former geologist to return home. He was reunited with his family in Malaysia, safe but understandably scarred by the experience it was a nightmare. It was worse than a nightmare. No word about the German, though. Hmm. He did. I don't know that for a fact, but... Hopefully not. I don't think he got... A, he only got like 119,000 signatures. <laughs> and the Iraqi it was like, nah, we need 120 or more. Oh, my gosh. My sources for this one was simple. AllThat'sInteresting.com. I hope you enjoyed a quick ride into back to true crime and the morbid and the unsettling of reality.
1: Yeah, and the sad and disturbing and mm. the why, mm-hmm. the why, ladies and gentlemen, why? <laughs> my favorite one, uh, my favorite ones are the the Pope, the Pope, <laughs> and the smashing of the. Uh, the it's like,
0: what? Is, why
1: would you think? Exactly. At least you are going to get away with that.
0: Not even... It's just like, who are you? Go home! Thanks for listening to the Ants Human Stars podcast with Caleb Indigo. Stay connected and get updates about new episodes by visiting our website, AntsHumanStars.com, and by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review and share about us with your community on social media. Thanks, y'all. We really appreciate it.